0: This is the Improved Photography Podcast, episode number 192. This episode is brought to you by the Improved Photography Retreat. Make sure you come join us in Phoenix, Arizona next March. Join myself, Jim Harmer, Jeff Harman, Erica Kaufman, Connor, everybody is pretty much going to be there. So make sure you go over to improvedphotographyplus.com. You can get signed up there. There's only like 50 spots left. So you're gonna wanna jump on that pretty soon and we look forward to seeing you there. Hey guys, welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. You might notice that this is not Jim Harmer, this is Nick Page. I'm filling in for Jim because he's in Glacier, he's living the dream over there, hanging out with a bunch of the Improved Photography Plus members, photographing one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. But, don't fear, because I'm joined by Jeff Harmon, thanks for coming on. Yep. And I'm also joined by Larissa, thank you for being here. Hey. It's
1: hey. a good thing that you started it off, Nick, because I still think people don't realize that Jim and I are different people. I know well, our he... names are too close, and like all <laughs> the time, I feel bad for the poor guy because there's people that mistake me for him constantly. And I'm like, I would love the attention, but I'm not Jim Harmer.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> as big as Photo Taco is getting these days, like you're kind of you're turning into your own thing. I think you're the <laughs> you're the Photo Taco guy. That's, yeah, that's, that's how fun. you're going to be known. <laughs> so, um, in this episode, we have some list questions that came in we're going to talk about those and then afterwards we have some five-minute rants to do but first let's jump into the first question uh, the first question comes from Stanley Harper he asked this question is for Nick page as I don't think I've seen the answer for this already uh, for your off camera flash work what are you using for light are you using a powerful strobe or are you or are you using several speed lights together and some cool softbox configuration thingy in most of like the dramatic environmental portraits that I do I'm just using one speed light and to overpower the ambient light you can still do it with just one speed light but the trick is that you have to get it really really close um, a lot of people they try to do a wide shot but then have your your softbox or your umbrella outside of the frame of the photo And when you do that, your, your softbox is like, you know, 15 feet away. And when you do that, you lose a whole bunch of power. So what I like to do is I try to either get really close to the subject with my camera and use a wide angle lens that allows me to get the softbox much closer. Uh, And if I can't, if I'm doing like a big wide shot and I'm including more of the landscape around them, more of an environmental portrait, I will go ahead and do two shots. I will take one shot with my light and the assistant holding my light uh, really close to the subject. Then uh, as soon as I take that shot, they will jump out of frame. I will hold the same composition the whole time. And as soon as they're out of the frame, I'll take a second shot and then I'll use that second shot with the exact same settings to mask them out of the sky and the background that they were in the way of. That way I can overpower that ambient light Get my light source really super close to the subject, but be able to, you know, Photoshop them out later on. Uh, the second question he had was, I have been using one speed light for my off-camera work, and sometimes it's just not enough. Would I be heading down the right path if I was to put three or four speed lights together on some kind of bracket? Um, do either one of you guys do anything like that? Jeff, I know you do a lot of off-camera work. Do you do stuff I do. like
1: that? I I didn't used to. That's only been in the last uh, two years that I really kind of started to figure it out. And um, I do wish at times with my big like six foot umbrella. Yeah. I use that a lot. One flash has a really hard time filling up that umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I do wish I had the three bracket flash. I don't right now. It's on my wish list. I have my Amazon wish list, with a whole bunch of stuff on it. <laughs> and it's one of the items on there. Um, that's going to be a really easy one for my wife to pick because for a, like a birthday or something, cause it's not that expensive. Right. But, so, so I need that flash bracket so I could put it in there. Um, uh, that works really well. I know. And, and I'd like to have that. And that might be really helpful too. I, I don't use a, a soft box. I mainly use that six foot umbrella, but I do the same thing. I get it as close as I can. Usually I'm doing individuals and I don't actually get much of the environment. They, they just want like the clear, the, the Boca creamy background yeah. is all. So, you know, get it right down there, still off out of the frame, but as close as I can get to them without it being in the frame and take the shot. And it still works well, even with one flash, but I would like to have the the capability of, of adding a little more power in some situations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's such a benefit to being able to put three or four speedlights together and you get faster recycle times because you don't have to use them yeah, at full too. power.
1: Right, you right. can
0: use them at like quarter power. And yeah. it's amazing how much faster the recycle time is that. And like when, if I'm doing a group shot, like I'm doing band photos or something, but I still want that kind of cool overpowered ambient look. I can't get my my small modifiers very close to them because you know it's a big wide shot and it wouldn't illuminate them all evenly. So I have to get it a little further away and use like a great big six foot umbrella or whatever. And so a three or a four flash bracket will help tremendously because I get more power. I can scoot it a little further away, which will light them a little bit more evenly. And I won't have like, you know, the lead singer with, <laughs> with his face, just like completely snow white. And then the background, like completely all dark faced, you know, the so, cycle
1: time is a big deal too. Yeah, it is. I, I like taking a uh, candid's, and the best way to get that for me has been you have them do the normal, say, smile, cheese, whatever thing. And then you take a shot and they then their guard goes down and they become real. And that's when I want to take the next one. And if you have to wait for that cycle time, you can't go yet. Right. you got to wait until you hear that cycle has happened and go. And so I miss the opportunity. That's yeah. another reason I'd like to have more.
0: The next question comes from Paul Coleman. He says, with the expense of glass these days... Um, legacy glass is becoming more of an attractive option meaning like used uh, used lenses Um, what guidelines or suggestions do you guys have for buying used lenses and gear Uh, larissa do do you have any experience with buying like used lenses or anything you know like a generation back that is the newest greatest most amazingest thing
2: no (laughs) (laughs) way too much money to burn. No, just kidding. (laughs) When I got my a6300, um, there was an open box one there and I was contemplating buying it It was a hundred dollars less or $200 less. And my husband was like, you know, you don't know what has happened to Mm -hmm. that glass or that camera, whether somebody had taken it and dropped it or whatever. So I'm a little leery when it comes to, especially my glass, because I'd like for it to last a while. And I'd rather be the one to drop it than, you know, worry about it if someone else did. <laughs> right. Because more than likely, I'm, I'm like Sandy, I'm clumsy, so I'll probably be the one to drop it. So since I know I'm clumsy, I'd rather have something fresh out the box. Right. Um, so I have not bought used gear. But a friend of mine had bought, um, I believe it, believe it was the 50 to 500, the Sigma. He mm. bought it off of Craigslist, and he uses it, and he has a great time with it. So, I mean, you can get good gear. You just have to check it and make sure that um, that it's working properly. Yeah. How about
0: you, Jeff? Do you- I
1: look at it constantly because it's yeah. a good way to save money. You can get yeah. some really good some of those older lenses, especially because I shoot a crop. So um, the resolution doesn't have to be. It's not as critical. It's it's a crop sensor. There's not as much resolution to worry about. So I don't. I'm not as worried about like the the bigger megapixels that those lenses need to resolve to in order mm-hmm. to get the full detail out of them. I can take a full frame lens, put it on my crop body and and really get a lot of good performance out of it. So, yeah, I I look at it a lot. They're still usually more expensive than than like a brand new off-brand model so I've opted for that for now I haven't actually gone and purchased them but if if I were going to and I have checked out a few deals to see if I was interested and I ended up walking away because I was worried about how the lens had been used Mm -hmm. so I I could see scratches on it which maybe isn't that big a deal Uh, I even stuck it on the camera and I I, you know I tried to see take some shots and and take a look at it uh, to see how it would be they just it was from people who um, hadn't actually used it in a long time. So it had sat and sat and sat and it hadn't been maintained, taken care of very well because it just sat. So I I decided not to go with those. What would you do, Nick, to go check it out? If you were meeting up with somebody and going to go check it out, what would you look at?
0: Well, first of all, don't meet up in like a dark alley. (laughs)
1: Right. And if they take it out of a trench coat, walk away. Right.
0: So like (laughs) I I would say, well, first of all, that I just bought a camera and it was the first new camera I've ever bought. Um, I, so I, uh, the 5d Mark four showed up on my doorstep today and it was a li- little bit like Christmas only. I can't open my photos in Lightroom, which is kind of like, I guess it's like Christmas Eve, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, before that, um, I used to buy used everything. And th- so some of the things to look for in like item descriptions, um, like if you're looking on eBay, first of all, look at those close-up shots of the front element and the back element and make sure it comes with all the caps and look for things like no fungus and because if they get if they're in a really wet environment and they've um, missed it over a whole bunch of times, all that condensation will spawn mold and mold will actually grow on the aperture blades on the inside and and that's not very good for image quality. Um, so you want to look for things like that, see if, you know, if they kept the box, most likely they're the type of person that's going to take care of a, a lens. If they did not keep the box, sometimes that's a little bit of a red flag. That's when you want to really zoom in on those photos. I feel sorry for whoever buys my lenses because I use them up. I'm about to replace my 16 to 35 L lens and I have used that thing to death. When I took it to China, it fogged up at least three times a day, every day. And so that is going to be a really big issue for mold and 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 stuff like that down the road. So if you're listening to this, don't buy my gear. <laughs> don't buy it. I, I'm gonna need to sell it, but just but, I hope. But I'm does it have you. as
1: you look at that lens because you know that it's gone through that? Does it have any indicators that yes. you have looking at it now? Okay.
0: Unfortunately, it does. So the thing the thing that I've noticed that's starting to act a little bit funny is when I shoot directly into the sun. I don't get that perfect little sun star anymore. Oh, right, right. I get like this big diagonal flare, like most of the way across my shot. And then I get that sun star as well. And it's just like weird. And it was actually ruining my photos when we were uh, photographing the cormorant fishermen in China It's just because it would like flare completely across the frame. And it was just like this kind of hazy diagonal, weird flare. So stuff like that can definitely ruin your image quality. So maybe buy from people in Arizona and you don't have to worry about
1: that. <laughs> you know, Wait, but they can still travel to China.
0: That's true. But yeah, yeah. but <laughs> those drier, but then you have to worry about sand, um, people that take their stuff to the ocean a lot. My stuff has been hosed in in all kinds <laughs> of uh, sea salt and stuff. So my 5d Mark three, the top of the, uh, the hot shoe, it's actually got like green, uh, Oh, not rust, but green, help me out here. The, what, how, um, oxidation. It's, it's oxidation. all oxidized. It's all oxidized on the hot shoe. So sometimes, like, you know, my trigger oh, won't right. flash, my flash won't trigger because of my poor connection and stuff. So, Look for things like no mold. Look for things like always had a UV filter on. Make sure that has got the box. And if you're on the Canon side, there are some really good deals out there that are a few generations back. Like I have the 28 to 70 F 2.8. It was the L lens that was out before the 24 to 70. It actually performs better than the version one of the 24 to 70. And you can get it for like $500. And it's a really nice, solid, uh, well-built lens I also have what's called the, what was it? The the magic drain pipe was the the nickname that it had. It was the 80 to 200, not the 70 to 200, but the 80 to 200 L. It was be- back before the telephoto Canon lenses went white. It was, it's actually a black 80 to 200. Um, it's like from forever ago, but yeah it was, it's still a good lens. I still own it and it's sharp. It just doesn't focus very well, but you can know it. You can save money. Uh, a lot of times you're just giving up a little bit of autofocus, things like that. I uh, just try to really scour the Scour the uh, descriptions and the photos when you're buying a lens.
1: But still, a really good way to get out of kit lenses into something much, much better. Absolutely, like the, the difference between a kit lens and one that's that's even ten years old, twenty years old, is still a really big difference mm-hmm. in quality. That the really old one's still going to kill that kit lens and image quality.
0: Well, yeah. And, you know, there is something to be said, like, when people say they don't make them like that anymore. (laughs) It's because, like, in the 90s, they actually used, like, metal to make lenses. Like, the the build quality is excellent on those. So, you'll
1: need back surgery later, but at least (laughs) (laughs)
0: least (laughs) you got that. It's not going to help you downsize at all. Okay, so uh, the next question is from Sergio. He says, I love the way off camera flash looks with a modifier, um, but I can't lug that setup everywhere with me. A lot of the photos I take are for personal family type use. Um, I end up not liking the photos that I take with mixed lighting. Does this happen to everybody? What can I do com- to combat that? So I'm guessing when he says mixed lighting, he's talking about like a mix of like a tungsten color with a daylight color. And this is something that you're always up against. Anytime you're doing indoor, indoor photos. One of the things that you can do if you're in a situation where you're, you know, it's more about the photography than whatever's going on is you can just turn off those lamps. And let the window light stream through and those windows turn into giant soft boxes with really nice light coming from them. Move people by the windows. But, you know, if you're at an event, maybe that's not the best thing to do. So not, right. not the best thing for Timmy's birthday party. What, what suggestions do you have, Jeff?
1: well bouncing it off a wall or a ceiling so it doesn't have to be off camera it's pretty easy to have on your camera then at that point and and do that would be a good thing there's the uh, mag mod modifiers i don't have any but i've heard you guys rave about those mm-hmm. and so that seems like a good choice too of something that would make it a little easier um to to be able to go to your events and take care of it all yourself like i what i assume is this means you know an assistant's out you're not going to have an assistant at your family event And you don't you can't go turn off all the lights and, you know, that kind of stuff. So you probably just kind of need to get back to on camera flash and then try to use those things to at least get some light in there that will still produce better photos than without. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Bounce flash. It works really, really well. If you have any kind of white wall, white ceiling, it's amazing how much that can clean up some of that weird those weird color issues that you have. What do you have to say about this, Larissa?
2: Um also, be careful of the clothing that you're wearing. I mean, I know one time I was shooting something and I had on a pink top, and that kind of added its own color cast. So I think that's why a lot of the photographers wear black or white or gray um, so that you don't do that. but I will typically use a gary Fong and bounce it off of the um off of the ceiling normally. so that's what I do all the time.
1: yeah the clothing suggestion was one that was hard for me to learn. I just figured that out like i've I've worn like fluorescent uh, exercise (laughs) shirts before to a to a shoot not to someone who paid thank goodness I learned it on my own with my own family, but and then I got the the you know go back and like why is everyone orange? That's so weird. I don't understand. <laughs> it's because of my shirt.
0: Yeah, I'm not somebody that can pull off a fluorescent color very well. You know, yeah. people would just be like, "Man, that's a lot of orange. Or man, that's a lot of yellow." <laughs> I I'm pretty much always wearing black, so I've never had that issue. But um, yeah, bounce flash cleans up the the color so much. Also, if if you're dealing with taking photos outdoors and you're trying to come up with some kind of like a very mobile option MagMod has what's called a mag sphere and i've been using those a lot at my weddings when like let's say that the wind is up and i can't bust out a umbrella because it, i'll turn into mary poppins and just blow away uh, umbrellas don't work very well in the wind so what i'll do is i'll i'll bust out this little magnet based modifier that just goes on the end of my speed light I'll put my speed light on the end of a monopod and then anybody can hold that or I can just hold it myself, kind of booming off to the left or whatever, and it'll soften it enough to where it's not like, you know, you're not going to get that bare flash look, but you're at least, it's at least going to soften it. It's going to get it off of the camera. So it'll be a little bit directional and it's teeny tiny. It takes nothing. You can throw the thing in your, in your bag. It'll fit in a pocket of your backpack. So um, that's the MagSphere you might check that out it's really good for really mobile situations like that
1: yeah that's the one
2: and I I've actually about. I've been thinking of getting one because I have the Gary Fawn thing and the other mm-hmm. day I was at an event and tried to stuff that in my purse and it did not work Oh, and I was like the MagSphere would be so much better because it's collapsible and it's that silicone. So I haven't purchased it yet, but it is on a list of, you know, things to buy. That's on my Amazon list too. Yeah, (laughs) And I haven't compared the two. I haven't compared the two. So I'm not, I don't know if you have Nick, if there's a difference between them.
0: I think uh, the quality of the light is going to be almost identical because they're, they're built really similarly, similarly. I always struggle with that word. They're built, built, they're built the same and Uh, and I think the quality of the light's going to be almost identical. The biggest difference is just how quick it is. And what's cool about the MagMod stuff is that they have a whole bunch of Uh, different accessories for that. So like, let's say that you're trying to balance with the tungsten light with your flash and you're trying to make your color temperatures match. You can throw a gel on and then throw the mag sphere on. And then you're, you know, it's, it's the right color temperature and it's all just quick and easy. And it it just goes on magnetically. So it's instant. It's really nice for that. So Mark Morris asks for Nick, how are you recording right now? Instead of shooting with a Mark (laughs) four, well, that's pretty easy because I can't open my raw files yet. That's the most annoying thing in the world. That's so this is probably the number one downside to buying a brand new camera is that when you first get it, you're like, yay, I can't open my photos up in Lightroom." How lame. So I've got a football game on Friday and that's what I was really looking forward to is like, you know, bumping up the ISO at a football game. I'm going to have to shoot in like raw plus JPEG or just shoot in JPEG. Cause I'll probably just shoot in JPEG because, you know, once that game is a couple weeks old, nobody's going to care about it anyway,
1: (laughs) but you won't really get much of an idea of the ISD.
0: I know. I know it's killing me, but, um, Monday
1: I'll bet Monday you have Lightroom updates.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I tried, so I could open up a raw file. I tried downloading Canon software. The, what is it? Digital digital photo. photo professional the most useless program ever made. It is ridiculous. Like you feel like you need a PhD to edit a single photo. It's just ridiculous. It's the most non-intuitive program I've ever seen in my life. It was totally, I just want to go delete it instantly because it's just a waste of space, literally. So we've got a lot more to talk about, but before we get into all of that, we want to thank our sponsors. The first one is Casper's. Casper is a sleep brand that has created one of the most perfect mattresses sold directly to consumers, eliminating the commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house. It has a sleek design and is delivered in a small how-did-they-do-that-sized box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and a soft, breathable set of sheets. So if you want to get $50 off any mattress purchase, go over to casper.com improve and use improve at checkout and you'll get $50 off.
1: Today's show is also brought to you by Zenfolio. Zenfolio is an online portfolio service built for photographers, specific to photographers. I love Zenfolio. My very favorite part about Zenfolio is how you can interact with a client. I use it all the time. As I shoot family portraits, I upload the portraits that I get. I take out the really, really bad ones first, the ones that I know are absolute no's, like when I took pictures of my toes. (laughs) But I upload everything else and I let the customers decide. I can upload small versions of the images Make it so it's nice and fast for them to go through it, and uh, and they can star their, they can favorite their photos and tell me, and I can bring that back into Lightroom and work on the shots that they favorited, so that I can get them post processed and looking the very very best. I love that part of it. The client interaction that you can do through Zenfolio is something that no other platform provides. All right, so it's it's powerful, it's beautiful. It's been voted number one by photographers for three years in a row. Gives you everything you need for your photography and portfolios. You have peace of mind too. unlimited storage for all your photos, 24 by seven support via phone, live chat, email. You can protect your work with passwords and watermarking. It does a great job of watermarking all by itself. You don't have to even put the watermark in the image. In fact, you don't want to because you can enable your shopping cart, your e-commerce cart so that it shows the watermark when they're per- they're browsing your website and your portfolio but when they buy it and they if they if it's a digital purchase and not a print then they can download it immediately unattended and the watermark isn't there because they bought it and they can get the unwatermarked version really powerful functionality it starts at just $5 a month you can get everything you need website blog portfolios e-commerce platform has modern templates for a beautiful website in just minutes Start your free trial today with no credit card required. When you decide to sign up for Zenfolio, make sure you use the offer code IMPROVE to get 30% off your subscription and show your support for our podcast. That's zenfolio.com and offer code IMPROVE. We'd like to thank Zenfolio for all their support for the show.
0: Okay, so we all have some five-minute rants that we want to talk about. Larissa, what do you want to talk about this week?
2: I'm talking about shooting for charities or working for charities. I had a friend of mine who, she is a big sister for a little sister, that big brother, big sister stuff. And she was looking for someone to photograph her little sister Mm. for her senior shoots because she can't afford um, to get her, her shots done here. One of the um, things that we have here in town, and I won't mention the company, is that there's a company that seems to have a contract with all of the schools within Northeast Florida and South Georgia, and they charge a lot for these shoots for the kids. I mean, it's really a lot of money, and I can understand someone not being able to afford it. Even if you want to be in the yearbook, you still have to go to them and get some, at least one picture done with them wow so i volunteered for her
0: so wait wait wait! pause right there so in order to be in the yearbook you have to use the school's photographer
2: yes that is
0: nuts that is what they call a monopoly
2: that is insane (laughs) yes it is Uh,
1: yeah exclusive agreements say it's i'm having the same problem getting on a high school football field to shoot because the high school has an exclusive agreement with the photographer and that's it you know, wow. one else gets to go.
0: Hashtag big city problems, man. Yeah. You guys have it rough out there. I'm
2: not in a big city.
0: <laughs> That's crazy.
2: I'm it, in St. Augustine. There's, it's not a big city. So when you
0: say they're charging yeah. quite a bit, like what's the ballpark area that they're charging um, these kids?
2: I believe for the session, it is $100 for the smallest session, um, which includes the yearbook photo and maybe a couple of other shots. I believe the premium session is like two ninety nine dollars or $3.99, mm-hmm. but that does not include any, um, any photographs. And I know when my daughter was in high school, she went to them because that's how long she's been out of high school for four years. That's how long they've been doing this, if not longer. They had mailed me a photo album and I told them not to mail it to me because I was going to be on vacation. And when I came back, it was at the house. And what they do is they automatically charge your credit card for the photo album. So that was $700 Ouch! um, that they were going to charge for that album. And I called them in time and made them stop. But I know some guy was saying that they have high pressure sales, you know, make you all teary-eyed and stuff like that. And I think he spent six hundred dollars on pictures i think it was four pictures for six hundred dollars
0: man i, I gotta yeah. tell you i would be the mad parent at the pto pto meeting for sure that's just crazy and mostly it, just because it, of the monopoly side of it they can charge whatever they want because in order to be in the yearbook you have to go through them that's terrible uh, see he he agrees with me yeah.
2: So what I did was I decided to offer up my services to this friend of mine. And I also told her, you know, if she has any other big sisters who are looking for someone to photograph their little sister, I will do it. Because I think it's very important for kids to get their senior photographs. Um, It's, you know, it's a part of growing up. It's a part of, you know, every day for kids. And it's a special moment in their lives. So I do that. I do a lot of things for St. Jude. My dilemma right now is trying to figure out, you know, because I want to give her a print. I don't just want to hear the digitals, you know, go off and, you know, on your merry way and print them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to decide what size print to give her because we all know an 8x10 is really small, Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. that's my dilemma. But I'm supposed to do the shoot on Monday and I'm really excited to be helping someone else make them happy because she was really excited once you found out that she was going to get a senior shoot
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so that's really important when it comes to charity work is it's a feel-good thing but it really makes you feel good
0: yeah that's the thing is like doing stuff like this it it totally rejuvenates you you know it there's something about giving photos to somebody for free that makes it feel like you're doing something important And it it really makes you feel good about doing photography. One of the things that I have this week is there's a guy that's in his mid-30s. He's got two young children, and he's dying from a brain tumor. And it's just terrible. Like, I've, I've watched this guy, you know, struggling for the last year, year and a half. And he's got, you know, two young kids, and he's doing everything that, you know, science tells him to do. And he's just losing the battle against this massive brain tumor. And so I'm going to be doing a family shoot for them. I just reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, can I do a family shoot for you guys? Get you guys some nice photos. And, and like he said that when he replied that he was, re- he was crying and he had tears rolling down his face and he said, yes, of course that'd mean so much to us. And that's the kind of stuff that makes it feel like photography is important. Sometime, it really it really yeah. is, yeah. Sometimes I've done the same. Yeah.
1: I've I've had some people I I knew them personally, so um uh, there was that connection. It sounds you didn't know this guy personally, did you, Nick?
0: Uh not not personally, but I I've known he was an acquaintance basically.
1: Yeah, so but I I knew him personally, but they had a situation too where um where the the mom of the family, she she had a a procedure she needed to go take care of where they it was around the brain and so they were nervous. The doctors were very optimistic in her case, so that's that's good. But still, it's yeah. surgery. <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, absolutely. It,
1: it's not it's not a, a trivial thing. So um, so we we volunteered to to shoot for them too and take family portraits of them and. Um, it really is it's a great way to be able to help a little bit to uh to give back you know in a small way because it's really not that big a deal to go shoot it
0: yeah it's hard to put a price on the last memories of a loved one yeah, you know yeah. those last photos of you know your dad or you know your husband that's such a big deal and i've
1: also had it where they were doing a funeral and it was a very unexpected death and mm-hmm. the last photo they had was this horribly overexposed <laughs> shot that they, is there anything that could be done with this? And I think it was on JPEG. They didn't have any yep. raw file for it and all of that. So that's uh, it's rough.
0: It is. It's so tough. Yeah. Pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. Look, <laughs> <clears throat> well, um, so yeah, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> how do we transition from this? Okay, Jeff, well, you want to talk about Photoshop select and mask. <laughs> that's an easy transition. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah,
1: we're masters of transitions. obviously. Very, very good at it. Not (laughs) everyone can do this.
0: Yes, exactly. It's harder than it sounds.
1: (laughs) All right. Yes. I want to talk about Photoshop Select and Mask. So this is something new in Photoshop CC 2015.5, which is really weird that that's the name of the most current release of Photoshop as we're in like late 2016. (laughs) Right. But that's the name of the most current version. And in the .5 CC 2015.5 release, they totally changed uh, how you do some fine edge selections in masking. It used to be called Refine Edges, and it was working pretty well. That Refine Edges tool, well, it did a pretty good job. It took me a little bit to figure out how to use it properly. Um, there's it was definitely a technique to it so that you could get good mm-hmm. results. And if you didn't follow the technique, you would, you could fail miserably using it. But they totally <laughs> redid it. And select and mask and they kind of i see photo i see adobe going to kind of a bit of a a different uh, ui experience in the major tools that they're adding lately they're adding something they're calling workspaces so it's it's like this big dialogue box almost that comes up and you do it so camera raw has always sort of worked this way when you went and used the camera Raw filter it came up with this full screen dialogue box overlay thing because you're going to be doing a whole bunch of adjustments like you could do in lightroom in this open window that that popped up when you did camera raw and make the same adjustments and then say, okay. And it would apply them to the photo. And they, they did that here too. Then the select and mask tool brings up this full screen window. There's a lot of options to it that weren't there with Refine Edge. And that was a little bit hard for me to to figure out how to use. I had to read a bunch of stuff and that wasn't enough. So then there were YouTube videos. Mm. The challenging part about the YouTube videos is it always just worked for them in (laughs) YouTube. And I'd follow the same thing like, it's not working for me. This stuff isn't working. What I figured out was, well, first, let me set up kind of why I needed this and what I seriously challenged this functionality this last week. And I didn't intentionally try to make it so hard on Photoshop to to do this. But anyway, here's here's the setup. Here's what I did. Um, I did for a, a group of kids going to the local high school here for homecoming um, rather than pay the school. So Larissa, your, your comment about the school photos. It was something like fifty dollar minimum photo package at this dance to get a single photo and it was like you know one flash and it just it was terrible the setup so for a couple years now the kids have figured out it is absolutely not worth it to pay fifty dollars for this photo from the dance so and we can get together if we have because they're all in a group they they go in three four five six couples and we can get together pull our money and pay way less than that to hire a photographer to take pictures of us mm-hmm. and we get much better shots. And that's what happened last year. I had some people, some kids contact me and say they'd like to hire me for their, uh, their group as they went to the school dance. And, um, what I decided to do last year was extract them. So I, I shot with a, a really makeshift white background last year and it made me, uh, change stuff so I'd be better prepared in the future. But, uh, we just kind of, haphazardly hung a sheet up in our house and then i used a couple of the umbrellas and flashes and we shot them and i extracted them from the background and put them on an all-white background and that made it look like a really classy dance picture from for them for their groups they they loved them so then the word kind of spread and I, i got more business this year for the school dances they're doing the same thing and I knew they were going to, I wanted to do exactly the same thing, fully white background. I wanted to actually just extract them and put in a fake full white background. I didn't want to rely on the the white sheet. I just wanted that as the the contrast in the shots would be easy to extract them. So I set up with that. I had a little better setup this time. And I, as we were going to shoot them, I, uh, you know, we're waiting for them. I was all ready. And then in walks a girl with an entirely white dress. (laughs) I thought oh no what am i <laughs> gonna do and it wasn't like a little it wasn't awful it was exactly white pure pure white and i thought oh gosh i am never going to extract that dress from this background that is not gonna work what am i gonna do so in desperation i hung up a darker background hoping I could get more contrast there and and have it work. And I learned that's just not a great way to do that. <laughs> Even if you're going to put a dark background in, you're going to extract the people and put them in front of a darker background. It's still better to shoot in front of a light background. Um, the highlights coming from the light bouncing back, that back lighting, the glow that comes from that, really helps to make it look more natural when you composite someone that you extracted out of the image onto another background. And when I had that dark background, I had the hair, the girl's hair, and I'm trying to use the select and mask tool to get rid of this dark background. And when you do that, you end up with like this little tiny, tiny strand of hair. And if you take out all of the dark around it, it looks gray kind of like colorless Mm -hmm. and it looks funny. And it's not good. <laughs> I have learned even, even though the dress may have been a challenge, which didn't turn out to be hard. I had other photos where the dress was against the white background as they got more people in the shots and it extracted just fine. There was enough uh, depth there that it could figure it out or it's easy enough to mask too. It, it was, it was trivial. Mm-hmm. So I made a, to- a total mistake in putting a dark background there when I, when my plan was to put it on a white background. So I, I learned that anyway, the biggest problem I had with this selected mass tool, it's, it's very different from Refine Edges, but the biggest problem I had was by default, Photoshop CC 2015.5 enables GPU acceleration. So that's going to use your video card to uh, accelerate, make things go faster, do a lot more computation on the, on the images and the, and the stuff you're doing. It turns it on because that's required for the new Liquify stuff that does face detection that like you can't do liquefy face detection without the gpu acceleration turned on in photoshop so by default they no matter what you had the it's set to in previous versions when you upgrade it re-enables that gpu acceleration and the result was in select and mask with my video card which is a nvidia g 760 so it's a little bit old now it, it's buggy buggy it would um I would see multiple, like the, the image would cut up into five or six quadrants and start flipping sections around sort of like they were tiles (laughs) and they were, it was, it was just unusable. I couldn't Mm. make it work. And I would, as I started to move my brush along the edges of the hairline, trying to get it to grab the edges part, a whole parts of the picture would start turning transparent. And it's just, it was super, super buggy. I thought, how am I going to do this? I can't even process these things. I even went so far as to download like twenty the fi- 2015 version of Photoshop, where Refine Edge is still there. But then round tripping doesn't work well. It's really only going to round trip to the latest version you've mm-hmm. got installed. And it's just a mess. So finally, when I figured out I could turn off GPU acceleration, it worked. Then it was okay. Then the, the bugginess went away, and it worked. I still don't like it as well as Refine Edge for this particular way to extract people, but it worked so that's good and then now you know if i ever want to use the face liquify stuff that also came in 2015.5 um then i'll have to go re-enable that for for
0: (laughs) that part yeah so photographing on a white background is one of the most difficult backgrounds to shoot it's it's just really challenging especially if you're going to be You know, cutting them off of it. One of the things like in your situation that um, that I've found kind of works that in the past I would purposely underexpose the subject just a little bit. That way I could definitely have some definition around the edges Mm -hmm. and because you can always brighten it up. But if you overexpose that you lose those edges. So by underexposing a little bit, sometimes or even like, you know, recovering those highlights beyond what you would want the final shot to look like in Lightroom before you go over to Photoshop. Sometimes it'll find those edges a little bit easier if you darken the entire shot down a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can do all your uh, all your selecting and then brighten it back up. And that's one of the things I've no. done.
2: Would a green, not green screen, because I know on Amazon and I've seen it and I've thought about buying it a green background in order to, you know, kind of replace it. Would that help any?
0: You
1: know, I think it probably would.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's it used to be kind of an issue like dealing with the green color cast that you would you would end up with around the hair and stuff where a little bit of that green like reflected on. But there's actually tools, I think, I haven't actually used them, but people have told me that there's tools in there to actually go in and clean up any kind of color cast as a result of that green screen.
1: So I've, I've done a lot of this full white background shooting now where I'm replacing, I'm putting in a, you know, I put a layer down and I fill it with white and then I, I extract the people okay. and put the composite of them in. And um, the the white what really I wish I had it too. It's I had three flashes, and I sh- I wish I'd have got my fourth one and put it uh, shooting back towards the camera from behind the people, so that that would have put a little bit of a glow edge around them too, and that would make it easier to extract. And then of course that would bleed off it and become just mesh into the white background. Mm-hmm. But even if you use that and composite it to a totally black background, it still looks pretty natural. To have that bright, bright background. It's a b- very big difference. Mm-hmm. The black background or a dark background, it always looks fake when you go to composite it in on anything else. The white, the the flash behind and, and getting it to kind of have the edges get a, a glow really seems to help.
0: Yeah, the, the trick for black background stuff or dark background stuff is the edge lighting that you have yeah, on them. Right. Because that separates them automatically from your background and then they they're incredibly easy to separate you know uh to select and separate from whatever shot you're wanting to take it's like the
1: the depth still gets emulated with the bright edges Mm -hmm. on the back black background to make it look believable and for some reason when it's darker edges and you go use that and composite it it just doesn't look believable anymore the depth is not as good
0: yeah absolutely Okay, so this week, um, I, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I got a new camera. The 5D Mark IV is finally shipping, and I finally have one in my hands. Although I can't open any of the files <laughs> you in can't any use of the, it. <laughs> exactly. I can, <laughs> I can take pictures with it, look at the back of the screen. I can try to open them up like in JPEG form. Eh, who wants to do that? So, uh, th- my initial thoughts with the 5D Mark IV, uh, as far as it, the way it feels, Um, the build quality is very similar to the 5d Mark III, but they've added kind of a different feeling grip. It's got, I I guess the best way to describe it is it's got more grip. Like it's easier to hang on to. I love that. It's a tiny bit lighter. I also love that the extra button on the back doesn't seem like a big deal until you assign it to change your ISO. And so now I've got a dial for my shutter speed, a dial for my aperture. Then I can hold down that button that's right next to my thumb. And then, and then that, then my shutter speed dial turns into my ISO dial and it's Uh big time saver there. I love that feature. Um, the focusing system in it is excellent. It's, I would venture to say miles better than the five D Mark III. Uh, just kind of playing around with it in the house. Like I, I, took it into kind of a dark corner and I try, tried focusing my 5d Mark three against just the black surface of a camera bag where there's like no edges, no detail. And of course it just hunts. And then I grabbed the 5d Mark four, same lens, uh, pointed it at it and boom, found focused instantly. And so it's, it's focusing way better in low light. And that's a big deal. Because at weddings, man, that is at the end of the night. That's what you're always fighting against is there's I can I can always light a scene. But if I can't get the shot in focus, I just can't get a shot. And that happens to me all the time. Almost the end of every single wedding. Uh, ISO performance is much improved. Granted, I can't open it up in uh, Lightroom, so I can't tell how much it's improved, (laughs) but I can tell just by, like, taking a shot, looking at the back of the camera, and then taking this shot and looking at the back of the camera with my 5D Mark III, it is considerably better. Um, I was getting shots easily at 16,000 that I wouldn't hesitate to use, and with my 5D Mark III, anything over, like, ISO 8,000, it starts giving me like the uh uh-oh feeling like it just doesn't feel like (laughs)
1: 8,000 I
0: know but now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be (laughs) up in like 25,000 range and which like comes in handy more often than you would think uh bad things is that I hate how fast the buffer fills um it's fills up faster than my 5d mark III, which wasn't great to begin with literally I can rattle off photos for like three seconds and then it's and then the buffer's full
1: Are you going to CF or SD?
0: Uh, Going to CF and the fastest CF that I can get. So it's just like, and uh, (laughs) and then I'm done. So I'm going to be shooting in bursts, not going to be spraying and praying too much. Um, And one thing that I did with this camera that I've never done before is I bought the Canon brand battery grip. And because you know you can get the the third party battery grip for like fifty bucks, or you can get the Canon brand one for like three hundred and fifty bucks, and it's just never been worth it. But um, I've I splurged on this one. I figured, well, I'm already spending like how much on this stupid camera, I might as well get the battery grip for it. And I'm kind of glad I did now because it fits so much better than the third party one. It fits tight um there's no wiggle in it at all the batteries click into place rather than just kind of loosely snap it's just better all the way around so i'm mm-hmm. i'm glad i did that but i can't wait to be able to open a raw file that's <laughs> so annoying <laughs> i've i tried using the the canon the canon stuff the digital photo professional and it's just ridiculous it's so not usable and it um, doesn't
1: convert between raw and DNG, right? No, it won't.
0: There's no, there's <clears throat> and, no and I know that there's DNGs from a Canon 5D Mark IV floating around on the internet, and I cannot figure out how they did that conversion. I've I've scoured, and I could not find anything that could do it. So if any of you know how that can be done, send me a message, because I would love to know. I would love to be able to open my files up in Lightroom, but in the meantime, I'm going to have to wait for a, a camera raw update
1: adobe beta testers yeah yeah
0: so yeah that pretty much does it for this week jeff what is your doodad this week
1: all right goes along with my shoot that i did i I mentioned that i improved my situation from last year when we did these dance group photos to this year and last year um we didn't plan on even doing it indoors we planned to meet outdoors and the girls were so late that it got dark (laughs) so that wasn't going to work and so we made this mad dash to our house and we tried to put a sheet up on the a two by four. I think I used and and see if we could get a white background to shoot against. And I did not want to do that. So I, instead I got a, uh, uh, I don't know what you, the, the, four, the term is it's the, it's an impact stand. that has a bar. that goes across. And, um, oh, very cool. and it's, it's really a good stand. I, I like it a lot. It was not, terribly expensive so it's it's an impact background support system it's 12 feet wide mm-hmm. and um it bends just a little across the top because it's this little tiny metal bar and when you put a sheet or, or some some type of material against it it does bend bow a little bit along the top that's that's really no big deal it was just fine and it was big enough i could shoot seven couples uh no six i had six couples and uh the white backgrounds that that was all great they're really easy to set up, and I really like the Impact brand. That's why I picked this one because I have my uh, my light stands are Impact. They're very good for the money. They're yeah. a good budget choice, I think, and um, they've been durable. They um, they do really well, and it it uh, folds down and packs up into this nice little package. So I, I really like it. It was very very helpful. Looks like it's about a hundred, a little over a hundred bucks on Amazon right now.
0: Sweet, very cool. How about you, Larissa?
2: Um, mine is the Logitech webcam. It's the C613, um, version. And had we been on video, I would have used it, but we're, (laughs) we're not video today. I just got it in today and it was a quick setup. Um, so it wasn't hard. Um, I did download the, the software though. I read on Mac that you shouldn't, but (laughs) it works fine. (laughs) says use the Mac software, but I read that after I had already downloaded the software. Um so it's a cute little webcam, you know, I was looking at um because I'd been using the the video from the iMac mm-hmm. and Sandy's video quality last week was so much better than mine. So I was like, man, I gotta get a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I did. Um and Jeff, I think I have those impact that impact yeah. stand also.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and I do like it.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. So mine this week, I am probably the most enthusiastic that I've been about a photo doodad in a very long time. I finally got photo mechanic. And for any of you that process large amounts of photos and you have to go through and cull in Lightroom, meaning make your selections in Lightroom, and you know how painfully slow it can be going from photo to photo to photo uh, and being able to do it fast photo mechanic is amazing it's been a tremendous lifesaver for me i can sit there and i can point it to a folder and all the photos are up instantly there's no loading time it just boom they're just there and then when i go from photo to photo to add my star ratings it's absolutely instant as fast as i can hit that key there they load instantly and it is tremendously faster than Lightroom it's insanely faster so when i th- so now my workflow is i will copy all my photos into the folder that i want them to be in in on my computer i will point photo mechanic to those folders uh, to those photos i will go through i'll cull and then i will import them uh, into Lightroom and just you know just add them to my catalog and then it'll see in the metadata that oh these already have star ratings and then I can sort by star rating boom now I'm editing and it really it's done nothing but speed up my workflow it's so much faster and like light, uh, Adobe Lightroom better get on it because people are going to be switching to other things just because it, other things are so much faster photo mechanic I think it cost me 150 bucks Um, But it was worth every dime for me because it's saving me so much time.
2: So now after you, um, I guess, import into Photo Mechanic, then you have to go and import them into Lightroom, whatever it is that
0: you've chosen. Right. So you can do it a couple different ways. Like, let's say I've already imported all the photos using Lightroom. Um, Now I open those photos up in Photo Mechanic. Like I just show it where the folder is and I go through and I star right start rate. When I go back to Lightroom, Lightroom is going to see that um, metadata has changed on some, but it doesn't know which ones it's changed on. So I could just select all the photos, right click and say, read metadata. And then it has to go through and it has to reread all of that metadata. And that takes almost as long as building the previews itself. So I've kind of, it's like, it takes twice as long doing it that way because there's, it doubles the It doubles the time that you have to import, like you import it twice, basically. So if I put all the photos onto the computer and then I use Photo Mechanic to do my culling and then import with Lightroom, then I'm only importing once. And it sees all my star ratings the first time rather than having to refresh all that metadata again, if that makes sense.
2: So, are you importing everything, including the starred and the non-starred photos? Yes,
0: because uh, as far as I can figure out, I cannot tell Lightroom to sort by star rating on the import dialog. Right, right, I wish I could, because then I would just import just the starred photos, and that would cut my my import time like into like one fifth or whatever. So that'd be a cool feature to see in a, in the future. But at this time, no, you can't do that.
1: We totally got this problem figured out for Adobe if they'd listen yeah, to us.
0: absolutely. Like, Jeff had the amazing <laughs> idea, and I totally, like, I'm his biggest backer on this. They need to add another module called culling, or cull, or sort, or something, and that will be just nothing but speed, and where you can just go and add your star ratings, or add whatever ratings you want to do. It'll go from photo to photo instantly, like Photo Mechanic, and... It's just its own separate module. And then you can go over to develop and edit your photos. That would be amazing. But we'll see if that ever happens. We have it all
1: worked out. Adobe just has to call us. Yeah, exactly.
0: You hear that, Adobe? (laughs) You hear that? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you guys in another seven days. Thanks so much.